the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your first fill-up. That's promo code GIFT. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, it is indeed, and a good Friday morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We'll come back to the uh, dueling border uh, press conferences yesterday. One of them was sincere. The other one was a photo op in an election year, and that's just the reality of the situation. But we'll come back to that. Right now, though, I want to say good morning to an American hero. He is a retired United States Army Staff Sergeant. Uh, he was with the 82nd Airborne. He is. Uh, he calls himself a recalibrated warrior. That's his term. He made that up, and it's pretty damn good, actually. Motivational speaker, actor, and an author, and an advocate for veterans and amputees. He runs the Travis Mills Foundation, and that's probably because he is Travis Mills, who joins us now at AM 1420, The Answer. Travis, so good to hear from you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, doing well, you champion. How's your day looking? Outstanding, actually. Very nice day. It's going to warm up into the 50s after a crazy, weird snow spell yesterday morning, but uh, we're doing great. How are, th- are, you, are you in Maine right now? You know, I am in Maine. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and the, the snow's still a little bit here, but it's uh, it's dissipating pretty quick. Um, it's kind of going away uh, earlier than I thought it was going to go this year, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, in your introduction there, I'll be honest with you, when you said I made up the term myself, is that weird that I make up my own... <laughs> my own title <laughs> no not in your case it isn't now if somebody says you know i want to call myself a genius or i'm going to call myself you know if you make up a slick nickname for yourself just because you have an ego that's one thing you literally are recalibrated and you have to be re- recalibrated on a semi-regular basis i would imagine with all of the bits and pieces of your body that are that are artificial right well i mean yeah yeah i guess i guess yeah <laughs> i just want to make sure i didn't come off as conceited because you know i will tell you i, I uh, my buddy and i we, we bought a marina about eight years ago and he put himself as the president of the company because he was filling paperwork out. And I was kind of I was a little bit upset about it. I said, hey, what do you mean you're the president? So I'm the president of my foundation, my speaking company. Like, I'm the president. He goes, well, I filled it out. I said, okay. He goes, you can be the CEO. I said, I'm not, I don't want to be the CEO. And I said, put me as the KER. He goes, what? I said, yeah, put me in the KER. He goes, what is that? I said, what's the king, emperor, ruler? <laughs> so, at, you know, because I, I didn't know what else to put. So at my marina, I'm actually the cur. So that might be just a little bit more, you know, uh, I don't know, egotistical, if you want to say that. But calling well, yourself the recalibrated yeah. guy is perfectly acceptable. And by the way, I love the idea. I love yeah, Listen, yeah. Listen, Travis, if, if people can call themselves weird made-up names uh, as pronouns anymore, even if they literally don't exist, they're making up words as they go, you sure as hell can call yourself king. What was it, king and emperor ruler? Yeah, king emperor, sure, king, K-E-R. Yeah. There you go. Well, you you can call yourself that. whatever Thanks you want. Heck yeah. Thanks for the permission. But anyways, I'm sorry. I got off track. I apologize. I do that sometimes. Like this one time I was on a path in Afghanistan. I veered to the right. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, that does tend, tend to uh, ruin your day, doesn't it? You go off the wrong path. Before we talk more about that and remind everybody who has not heard from you or of you or about your story uh, and, and uh, being, being one of a very select few quadruple amputees to survive coming out of Afghanistan or Iraq, just, just hit that recalibrated veteran thing. When did you come up with that, and, uh, and, and, and how did that come about? 
Well, actually, my buddy uh, Reese and I were talking, and I, I got tired of being called wounded. You know, I understand, like, um, I was wounded. Like, I get that. But I just feel like there's, like, such negative connotations. Like, oh, you're one of those wounded guys. And I'm like, you know, uh, I, I I was. I definitely was wounded for sure. But I've healed up. I got scars, you know. And I um, I didn't like the, the negative connotations of wounded. So my buddy's like, well, you know, you're, you're basically you're recalibrated, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, recalibrate it works. Uh, I had to, re, you know, refine my new normal and recalibrate myself to go on with life after losing, you know, portions of both arms and both legs. So we just kind of came up with it because, you know, I'll be honest, some guy walked by me and he's like, hey, warrior. And I, I was like, don't call me that. Like, And he's like, well, you're one of the wounded guys. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that either. So I guess I just want to change the narrative, right? Um, I don't need to be the wounded guy anymore. I'm recalibrated. I'm just the guy that, Lost his arms and legs, but it's sealed up. So, you know, a lot of people just call me Travis. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know what? For those who don't know your name, um, uh, it t- uh, tell me why warrior bothers you. Because you are a warrior. You were a warrior that day when you got blown up, ah, and you're you're a warrior. Be- you're a warrior because of the way you live your life right now and the work you do, Travis. Seriously, for other people, other soldiers, uh, others who have who have lost limbs, their families, and all of the things you do, you actually fight a war every day on behalf of your 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 your, your brothers in arms, man. I I, I think warrior is pretty good. Yeah, it's the context. It was a it was a sergeant E five sergeant walking past me, and I was an E six staff sergeant, and I was okay. in my wheelchair. And uh, you know, just the guy didn't have the same maybe uh, time in service or the, like the same uh, experiences I had, if you will. So with his uniform, it didn't kind of match up to mine. And when he's like, "Hey, warrior," and looked down on me, kind of, not looked down. I mean, I just didn't like it. I get so, it. I get it. I it get was it. an ego thing. I'm sure it was an ego thing. Yeah, that's but a- it was more like. Mm, yeah. yeah, that that that's so, context I didn't have. I, I I thought you meant like you didn't like being called a warrior, like you know, is it no, like no, you're being that. humble, you yeah. know? But uh, because you are if humble, I get put on the same shelf as Zena. I'm good, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, <laughs> the warrior, warrior princess, princess. yeah, she, crush, she crushes it. Everybody knows that. But uh, no, I just that that was that uh, story probably shouldn't have came out. It was just a different context, the way. It no, was I thinking. I understand that, man. But um, but no, unfortunately, to my injuries, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I laid in hospital bed questioning why I lived four days after my injury with no arms, no legs, thinking like, what do I have left to give and what do I have left to, you know, even do in the world? And then, um, my wife, I told her she should leave me. She didn't. Uh, my daughter was six months old. I learned how to walk with my daughter. And, you know, you fast forward now, not that I know there's a lot of meat in the bones still in the story, but like 12 years this April, uh, I have a foundation that's, uh, doing very well because we have great donors and great people that support us like yourself. Um, and especially in the Cleveland area, you know, in North, uh, Northeast Ohio, Northeast Ohio, right? I'm saying that, right? Yeah, you're, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. But Ohio in being a Michigan guy, Ohio is very nice, which I appreciate. But, uh, (laughs) but you know, we have Dave Mortosh who raises so much awareness for us with the Mortosh, you know, match, the million dollar match. And he's raised over 2 million or donated over $2 million himself. And he's raised more than that, you know, for the foundation. So it's just because people believe in us, um, I found my, my purpose and my direction, um, you know, and, and, and I've come a long way, you know, because of having people support me. And I can remember quite vividly sitting there thinking, what do I have left to give and why did they even save me? And this is miserable. Like, I'm not going to have anything except, you know, being a burden left in life. I'm going to have to ask everybody for everything. And, um, you know, that's where I was sitting 12 years ago, basically. And now I'm I'm fortunate to be at a foundation that people believe in and they get behind and we serve these families and 
We have a post-traumatic stress program for first responders and combat veterans. That's going really well called Warrior Path. And, um, you know, I have some other businesses and things I'm, I've been fortunate mm-hmm. to, uh, to partner in. Travis, um, I'm so glad you brought up the foundation. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. What's coming up this, uh, uh, you know, this year in 2024 for the foundation fundraisers? We're going to talk about Miles for Mills Memorial Day weekend that's happening uh, as well. So, but but I want to go back to what you just talked about. Um, and you questioned your worth. You questioned why you were allowed to survive. And then you talked about learning to walk with your daughter. And so I'm thinking to myself, I wonder which was which was the bigger challenge: the mental and psychological of being here and finding trying to figure out how and why you survived while you know obviously so many others did not um or the physical and having prosthetics you know custom made for you custom made legs for you and 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 an arm and a portion of the other arm what was harder for you the mental and psychological or the physical recovery trav oh mental way worse way worse um physical i could do right i've been through sports teams the whole life uh, i was working out uh, went through basic training, went through rigorous training in the 82nd Airborne Division, um, you know, sleepless nights, long days, no showers, no, you know, all that stuff. But that was no problem. Physical was no problem. If you can show me I can do it and there's a will, there's a way type deal, I'm in. But mentally it was the rough part. Like, what do I have left to give, you know? Um, how can I do this? How can I do that? And then the unknown is the worst because I would sit there in my hospital bed with my daughter thinking, how am I going to teach her how to play soccer? How am I going to teach her? And, like, things that she's not even close to doing. And that's where you, you gotta you gotta reel it back in, and you gotta just focus on the now, and the in the present, and then you know look to the future and figure out you know what makes sense to think about and what doesn't. Because worrying about stuff you can't control, especially in that in that time frame, um, did nothing for me. And uh, you know my daughter now she's twelve, my son is six. Um, you know he plays baseball. He's gonna do uh, soccer this year, I believe, and. Uh, basketball, and then and eventually play football uh, is my my hope for him and hockey. But we'll see. And then my daughter's like a standout soccer player. She does basketball and lacrosse as well. Wow, and and so I get it. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and wanting to be there and to be as much of a part of that and to help train and work with them and so on and so forth is uh, I can see where the you know the the psychological aspect of this uh, has got to be tough for you. What what about Trav? Now it's been twelve years, as you pointed out. Um, what about from the the PTSD side of things? Do you still relive the moment? Do you still relive the the, the moments after uh, when you when you had consciousness, but you realized you had been essentially blown up? No, I mean that's the thing. So here's the weird part: I don't have anything uh, on my charts or my medical record. <laughs> sorry, of post traumatic stress, I have no issues with what happened overseas. And I've always thought for a long time, like oh, I'm just so much mentally, uh, so more, you know, they're so mentally tough that it didn't affect me. Um, but maybe it's because I had a ketamine coma and I used ketamine a lot for treating post-traumatic stress. I had a ketamine coma, right? Like week three of my injury where it reset my brain to think my nerves end is where they end. And then there's a lot of treatments with ketamine. I didn't realize were going on, you know, after the fact of me being injured because of the case study they did on me. But, you know, uh, quite frankly, I've, I've shot people. I've killed them. I've, mm-hmm. I've blown up with grenades. I've put buddies in body bags. I picked up a lot of dead body parts about, you know, I've done some things. Um, but it doesn't affect me because it's not that that was then. This is now. Um, that was just part of what had to happen. And I guess as simply put as I can put it, like kind of is what it is. So there's no reason to worry about it. I can't change it. And then I don't have survivor's guilt where a lot of people have survivor's guilt. Like, why did I live and they didn't? Or why did this happen and not this? Um, and I just realized the gift that life is. So I look at it as um, I made it home. 
and a lot of my friends didn't. So I'll live life to the fullest because of their sacrifice and their family's sacrifice. You know, and then when, the reason we the foundation's so great is because we help the whole family out. Um, whereas, like, I know my wife makes a sacrifice every day. She won't admit it and she won't act like it. But, you know, being married to a guy with no arms, no legs, when you have a different future planned out, when I was six foot three, two 250 pounds and athletic and everything with arms and, and hands and feet and toes and have that all happen, um, she makes a massive, massive sacrifice um, that she never talks about. And um, I try to honor I try to honor her, you know, and uh, realize what these families actually go through because it's not just a service member that was injured or going through this alone. We are talking with Travis Mills this morning. Travis Mills uh, is an American hero, as you've been uh, listening, or if you already knew, he's a uh, survivor, a uh, most extraordinary survivor, uh, because he survived quadruple amputations. He, uh, he lost four limbs or portions of all four of his le- uh, legs and arms. And uh, and is now a motivational speaker and is a champion for so many other soldiers and recalibrated warriors, if you will, uh, through the Travis Mills Foundation. So I'm looking at the foundation page, and I want people to visit this, travismillsfoundation.org, just exactly how you think it would be spelled, Travis Mills. There's no secrets there, foundation.org. The Travis Mills Foundation supports post-9-11 recalibrated veterans and their families through various programs that help these heroic men and women overcome physical and emotional obstacles, strengthen their families, and provide well-deserved rest and relaxation. I want to talk about the emotional part of this. When you do speeches, when you do um, you know, your motivational speeches, or when you talk to other soldiers um, who do, uh, or veterans who do have survivor's guilt, are you able to share any of that mindset with them? Because I spoke, um, you know, the TV show that you did with me uh, a, a few months ago, I, th- I think it was back in November, I just had another veteran, veteran on by the name of Scotty Hasting, and he is, um, he's uh, an Army veteran who was shot 10 times. He got shot 10 times in Iraq and survived, or I'm sorry, Afghanistan, and survived. And he has extraordinary emotional um, survivor's guilt. He wrote a song about it. He became a musician and actually wrote a song asking God, how do you choose who lives and who dies? So there's so many out there, Travis, who who have that and and don't know why they're still here. How do you get through to them when you meet them, whether it be at speeches or wherever? Are you able to share anything with them? Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. So if I see people at the foundation, um, you know, when they're coming to visit, if I'm in town, uh, I come out and say hi, and I talk to them and see how they're doing in life and check in. Um, but my presentations I give, um, you know, I <laughs> I didn't sell out, but I'm I'm a corporate speaker. So I'll meet somebody in the crowd that maybe did serve, or maybe they have a loved one that's going through a rough time, and I'll tell them to go visit the website, check out the Warrior Path program, because it's one of the best in the nation for post-traumatic growth. And it's basically the premise of we're all going to struggle, but we learn how to struggle well. Um, but, you know, I just I try to make sure that we reiterate like we were the lucky ones to make it back home, um, and I just wrote a new book. It came out last November. It's called Bounce Back. So my first one it did very well, tough as it come, but my second one is more about you know people that have went through things and they've been able to bounce back. You know whether that's cancer, whether that's um, a widower, post traumatic stress due to service. Like, and the biggest you know. Uh, thing I tell people is, is principle number one out of the 12 principles in there is stop asking why. And I learned when I stopped asking why this happened that my life got better because there's no answer. There, there's no rhyme or reason that's going to make me go like, oh, huh, that makes sense. This is why this happened. So I can just accept that I can stop asking why, but I can still understand this did happen, and I can uh, accept that it did happen. I can move forward to a better future. 
And that's kind of where I'm at in life because I used to sit there and, and wonder and then ask, well, why this happened? And so they're like, oh, my gosh, the rest of my life I have no arms, no legs. Like, how was this the plan for me? And then I realized that did me no good. So I can just accept this happened. I can move forward in life because I was given that chance to live through my injuries. And I can move to a better future. So that's kind of that's how I cope with it and, and go through. And then I also don't look at myself as any different. Instead of saying, you know, I tell people I'm still handicapped, you know, but making it when they say, how are you doing today, as a joke to break the ice. But I have a few extra steps in the morning, right? I have my legs go on, then my pants. I got my arm goes on, then my shirt. And that's just all there is to it. This is just my new normal, my recalibration, if you will. And I go about life like uh, nothing's really different. And I think making people around me understand that life goes on, make the most of it, and that there's no sense in dwelling on the past because you're not going to change it. So just reminisce the good times and forget the bad times the best you can. Um, learn from them and go forward. You know, Travis, you are a, a fountain of optimism. And I love what I love about you is, you know, when anytime I look you up, which I do, especially if we're going to talk, and especially when I'm talking to Dave Mortosh and we're planning some things to help support the foundation, anytime I look you up, I can't find a picture of you that you're not smiling in. And I'm not talking about ones where you're posing for the camera because we all try to smile when we pose. For, I'm talking about candid shots. Everywhere you are doing everything you do, you just seem happy, bro. I, and, and, and I think that's just an amazing thing given your circumstances. Well, you know, you have to be. Um, you, know, you don't have to be happy if you don't want to be, I guess. But at the same time, <laughs> I realized that I probably at the time when I got blown up at 25 years old, I had, you know, 50 years left, hopefully, you know. Um, and there's no reason to be miserable. Like, yeah, this, this is not the most ideal situation. It's not what I'd ever choose for myself. And, you know, people always ask, well, with all the good you're doing, if you can go back in time, would you change it? And they're surprised because I'm like, yeah, in an instant, I would change it. I mean, you know, and um, it's not that I don't love what I do now. It's that I enjoyed having arms and legs, <laughs> you know, but, but you can't. You can't change it. So instead of dwelling, like I said in the past, I just reminisce. Yeah. Um, my situation doesn't change. I have no arms, no legs. So I, my attitude is the only thing I can really control. And I make the best out of it. And um, you know, at the end of the day, I've been I've been truly blessed with with a wonderful family. Uh, you know, a wife of going on sixteen years, uh, a daughter that's twelve. My son's going to be six. Or no, sorry, he is six. Um, and you know, life goes on. And we have people, you know, that support the foundation. Like I said, you know, the reason that I'm popular with you, not that you wouldn't find my story and have me to talk to, um, is because Dave Mortosh, you know, of Mortosh Financial. He just saw me speak at a. Uh, a company gathering uh, is actually out in Jamaica, believe it or not. And he's like, I want to help this guy. I believe in this guy's mission. And we get that from people. And uh, I mean, none, you know, none bigger than Dave, but we get that where people want to help give back and let people in my situation or like this, Mr. Hastings that you talked to know like, Hey, life, life goes on. And we are, we are here for you as a nation. We support what you sacrificed and what you've been through and we want to help you. And like I said, you know, we have the warrior path program, which, People listening right now might not know somebody that's missing limbs or, um, you know, has some paralyzation or something going on due to service that's a physical injury like we do for the family camps, but they probably know a first responder or a veteran that has post-traumatic stress that needs some help. Yeah. And we provide that help because people support us. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think I just sum it up and I can't change it. I'll make the most of it and I'll never let my kids see me down because, you know, what, what lessons does that teach them? No, you're exactly right, and 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 I think your attitude is just so inspirational and something for other people to follow. Hey, Travis, I've got somebody else here who's got a question or something to say to you. Travis, yeah. it's it's Seth. How you doing, man? Yeah, I knew it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I never really got a chance to say this to you personally, like on the air. Uh, and Bob, you don't even probably know the story, but when I, I'm no hero. I'm an idiot who stepped on a nail, ended up losing my leg. I was in a coma for a few days. Once he found out, once Travis found out that I was actually in the hospital and lost a leg, he called me and he called me a few different times while I was in the hospital. And you talk about his inspiration to the soldiers and the, these guys are at his foundation. He was an inspiration to me you know, before I lost a leg. But when he talked to me, he made me feel better about things. And his optimism and his, his joy for life rubbed off on me like you can't believe. I'm happier well, now than I was before, and it's because of you, and I just want to say thank you for that. Well, Seth, I appreciate that. And, but the thing is, I, I think that my story, yes, it's military-based because I was blown up in Afghanistan, but I'm just so fortunate that I can resonate with everybody, and that's what I want to do. I want everybody to know, like, um, you know, a big another thing, a big thing I, I'm passionate about telling everybody is, you know what? Your biggest problem is your biggest problem. And that doesn't mean that you have to look at my situation or maybe your situation, even Seth, missing a leg and say like, oh, they got it worse than me. Because the truth is what we're going through in life is real and it's relevant. And our biggest problem is our biggest problem. And we got to find a way to get over um, or through um, whatever situation we find ourselves in. So that's what I try to do. If I can help somebody with my presentations or my positive outlook or my videos on Instagram and Facebook, you know, my, in the, again, harmless or shameless, I actually should say plug of, at SSG Travis Mills on Facebook and Instagram. I do a lot of fun videos, but, you know, seeing is believing. I had that same thing given to me. I had a guy that lost both arms and legs named Todd Nicely, who's the second ever quadruple amputee, walk into my room and let me know, hey, you're not a bad person. God does not hate you. You did nothing wrong in life to deserve this, and you're going to be fine. You're going to walk, drive, feed yourself, all the things you think you can't do. And I needed that, right? Seeing is believing. So that's what we try to offer here at the foundation. That's what I try to offer to everybody that I, you know, cross paths with is like, hey, what you're going through is real and relevant, but there's always a way through. Just keep pushing, you know, and, and you're, you're going to be A-OK type deal. Well, I'll tell you what, um, it's, uh, it's a remarkable thing to hear you tell that story and to hear you spread that optimism. I'm so glad to know you, and I'm so glad to be working with Dave and other folks here in Northeast Ohio to help with the Travis Mills Foundation. Travis, before you go, I mentioned I see Miles for Mills Memorial Day weekend. That's happening up there in Maine and Brunswick, Maine. Uh, any other events that you want to promote as far as fundraisers? And then even if it's not an event, how can people donate to help the foundation to help you do it, you and your mission? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So we have we do have the Miles for Mills um, 5K. It's like our 13th year, uh, which is awesome. And it's um, at the Brunswick. It used to be the naval base up here. So it's on like an airstrip. It's really fun. Cool. Uh, there's space painting for kids. There's a lot of family activities. Um, we do have different various golf tournaments that get put on by third parties everywhere um, across this wonderful nation of ours. Um, you know, we have the Dave Mortash, you know, raffle that he does mm-hmm. um, every Veterans Day um, time frame. And, you know, the thing is, if people want to get involved, they just visit TravisMillsFoundation.org. Um, whether you want to come visit and volunteer, you want to donate to our foundation, or honestly, you want to help us spread the word of what we do and who we are uh, by sharing our page and our social media handles, uh, it all helps. All the information, like I said, is there at TravisMillsFoundation.org. I encourage everybody to uh, do their research, make sure that we check out, because I know we do. <laughs> We're very diligent on the 990s and posting and being very upfront and transparent, because well, I'll be honest with you, it's my name on the line, so I can't have anything tarnish that. Um, so I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk with you, and, and I'm thankful for you know Ohio and all they've done for us. And uh, you know Dave Mortosh at Mortosh Financial stepping up to the plate with his wife and, and just being there on, on my team as well as Seth's team and everybody 
um, you know, getting involved. So well, that's that's kind of my yeah, that's my elevator speech. I'm sorry, I'm not good at this. I just appreciate the time, dude. You're you're terf- you're terrific at this. You're perfect. That's exactly what everybody needed to hear. And I'm so glad. TravisMillsFoundation.org. And yes, we're looking forward to the Veterans Day raffle and the event this year with Dave Mortosh. We're having you back here in Northeast Ohio. But I do want people to go to the website. There is a make a donation button at the top of the page. TravisMillsFoundation.org. There are very few things that I can think of more worthwhile to donate your charitable uh, funds to than the. Travis Mills Foundation, so hopefully people will do exactly that. Travis, God bless you, man. Thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for being who you are. Hey, same to you. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and enjoy your weekend. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's Travis Mills. He's just, uh, like I said, a fountain of, uh, of optimism. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.